I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two, Two Average, Average Girls. Girls. Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. <laughs> How are you? You know, I am so good. Always so good. You look a little, I don't know, sweaty. <laughs> I always wonder what you're going to say when you see me. <laughs> we never know what we're going to really talk about. We have an idea sometimes, and then we don't see each other. Sometimes I look like I just got out of the gym. And sometimes I look like I, I'm ready to go to bed. Sometimes to- I come in here with my hair on fire. Yes. Today I was in the desert, as you know. Mm-hmm. That's why I look a little sweaty. It is, you know, <laughs> beginning of April and I went out to Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And it is already 91 degrees out there. That's why people love it though. I know. I got out. Yeah. It wasn't like well, I only went from a restaurant to my car from my car, we have a job site out there. That's one of the reasons I went out there. Mm-hmm. And I went out there to do some shopping for something. And long story short, I can handle the heat as long as there's like some reprieve, right? Yeah. There's something about Palm Desert. What it do you mean? It is magical. Oh, oh, with the mountains and hills yes. and all that. I mean, if anybody's around, I mean, if anybody's from California, you know. If you're from Southern California, it's an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. Super easy drive. And you get there and it's just got different vibe. It does. It's like, I've been in a couple places like that that are kind of, I don't want to say mystical. No, I think that describes it pretty well. There is something about it. I mean, the mountains around you, and we were in La Quinta, Mm -hmm. and that in particular is kind of older. Yeah. Old, not older Palm Springs because Palm Springs itself is, you know, 50s. There's a mm-hmm. lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This area is kind of a planned community, but it's the whole entire area that you're sitting in is this valley with mountains all around you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it literally feels healing. I think that's why people originally left Hollywood <laughs> to build a second home out there i think that that's what they were attracted to i don't blame them it no, is really it's amazing it's really amazing and then you couple it with there's going to be two new attractions there what two wave pools what yes uh slater uh, oh kelly. kelly kelly slater. slater is building a private one okay where they're going to be doing all kinds of homes and condos and Oh. restaurants and you have to be a member to go to that one okay but you can surf big waves like yeah this is a surfing park yeah and then somebody else is developing one as well that's going to be open to everybody oh my gosh that's so cool it's pretty cool it's only within like it's right in la quinta it's right there that's amazing that's better than like wild rivers or something right. like that because it's more towards adults instead of like little kids it's a family situation I, i'm sure they're gonna have a small pool area yeah. they're probably gonna have it i don't know but i just i went out there and i was like i can get behind this that's very cool it's really really beautiful but the drive home you know it's Driving, a drive home I, listen <laughs> for people who aren't from southern california i know this is completely boring but the traffic around here is ridiculous we need to build more roads we need to build better roads 
I'm not just saying that because that's what we do for work. <laughs> I'm say. telling you, I sat in traffic for two and a half hours getting home. Mm-hmm. And people, first of all, don't know how to drive. That's number one. Secondly, mm-hmm. they're rude on top of it. <sighs> like people, we're all sitting in the same thing and we're all going to the same place. Can you just calm yourself down? No. It's they me, can't. It's me first. But it's always been that way in Southern California traffic. You're out for yourself. What are you going to do? I think people are more angry. The, yeah. You know, we used to go out there quite a bit because my husband had a friend who worked for the Marriott and we were, he was able to get us like comped rooms like last minute. So we went for our anniversary, I think the first year we were married and our anniversary is in August. Yeah. Hmm. It was literally 120 degrees. It is. That's, that's how hot <laughs> it is out there. But you know what is interesting is because of COVID, Palm Springs has blown up. And when mm. I say Palm Springs, I mean the whole valley. That whole valley, they've got hundreds and hundreds of golf courses. And when people can work anywhere they want, they chose to get a house in Palm Springs because if you're living in Michigan and you don't have to live there mm-hmm. and you can live anywhere you want, mm-hmm. living in California in the desert is not bad. No. Now, would that be considered the Coachella Valley? Yes, it is. Look at me bringing the geography Coachella to Valley. And, and Coachella is actually happening the first week of April. It happens every year. Mm-hmm. The big festival. Are you going to be there in your Daisy Dukes? No. And a bandana top? I think there's an age limit. Oh, no. That's the beauty of Coachella. There's not an age limit. Oh. Well, for this older lady, I won't be there. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I've gone to Stagecoach out there, which is also right there. Listen, the members of Weezer and Blink-182 said they want you there. I wouldn't mind going to see them, just not at Coachella. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's crazy out there during that it's time. Bananas. It's also crazy whenever you go and there's a tennis tournament. So just oh, yeah. be aware of that because mm-hmm. there's lots of tennis tournaments out there and there was just one last week. Oh. Yeah. It's a whole situation. Hod said he's never seen so many wide brim hats in all of his life. <laughs> Everybody had a humongous hat on and everyone had tennis clothes on. It's all about sun protection. So anyway, <laughs> we, we are boring the heck out of you, but mm-mm. this is quality podcasting <laughs> right here. No, no, no. We wanted to talk about something today, though. Just real quick. We, um, we love food. This, yeah. <laughs> usually when you ask me how I am, I talk about food, so. It usually starts with food and then ends with food. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's interesting. I think the reason that we started talking about food and that I wanted to actually really kind of do a deep dive in this is yeah. because I'm now on a new eating program, right? So you want to talk about the food you can't eat? That's the problem. I came up with this idea. I thought it was brilliant. And yeah. then I started kind of doing some research and yeah. just in my own recipe book and yeah. all those things and i'm like i'm really hungry oh i shouldn't have done that to myself should we not do this should we make this the the diet episode no Water. nobody <laughs> wants to listen to that i don't want to even talk about it i don't blame you so dr tim if you're listening don't listen because i'm going to talk about food that i cannot eat right now Mm-mm. and when i say that i'm not going to ever not eat food because i'm not that person 80 20 i'm going to do that but right. for a while i'm just getting just got to get jump started i'm gonna get jump started here but we are going to talk about food traditions. Do you have a food tradition from from your previous family, like from your grandparents? Yes. That kind of thing? Okay. Yeah. And you know, we did a podcast, one of our first ones, mm-hmm. which was what happened to Sunday dinner. Yes. And it's actually been one of the best response mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm-hmm. We've got almost the top download on that one. Yeah. And we also have had a lot of people comment and DM us about that Mm -hmm. because there's people who have started that tradition after listening to it or made an effort to do that. And I think that when we started talking about 
that type of thing. So I started thinking about like the foods that I enjoyed or the things that some of the thoughts that came to my head. Mm -hmm. So when we started talking about doing this, when I started saying, let's talk about family food traditions, did Mm -hmm. you have specific things? Yes, I immediately went to the family food traditions that my family didn't have a lot of traditions. Neither did mine. Okay, good. That's good, because I always felt like, oh, my family's weird. We don't have any real tradition. No, you know, you you hear about these families that are like, every Easter, yeah. we do this. Right. Every single 4th of July, we do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't that family. We weren't that family. But the, the few traditions we did have surrounded uh, food, and mostly because my dad was 100% Italian, so mm-hmm. all of the relatives were a massive Italian family on that side. You must have had such good. I can't food even tell you how good the food was that we would eat did they make their own pasta some did but um it's one of those things that it's like yeah we've been grinding away making our own pasta all these years and now i don't have to make it i can just go buy it and it takes less time and probably costs less money so they i didn't that wasn't a big part of it like grandma's making pasta although she did make a broad noodle that was kind of her Mm. my grandma did that was kind of her thing an egg noodle or a regular noodle I think it was an egg noodle. I love egg noodles. Um, they were delicious. And she paired that with her chicken cacciatore. Okay. I right mean. Now. now I'm really going to gnaw my arm off. <laughs> <laughs> Two so, things I can't have. Pasta. <laughs> and happiness. Anything else that tastes good. <laughs> and happiness and joy. Though that, That's over for you right Other now. Other than that, it's fine. I'm sure you're doing great. But when we, we started, I started researching it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that. I remember the reason that I, that it, this made me want to do this. Have you ever watched a movie that really you remembered because of the food? Um, The Godfather, maybe? Okay. So for me, it was Fool's Rush In. Fool's Rush In? I believe that was the movie. And I'm saying that. Is it Matthew Perry? Matthew Perry and how, how, Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek. Okay. Selma Hayek. Yeah. A little bit dyslexic (laughs) there. Um, Both of them, they have this one night stand. They do that, but she has a family yep. and they go to this big dinner. In Mexico or just south of yeah. the border or something. And, and there's other there's other movies and I couldn't think of it, but I remember these big Mexican families mm-hmm. having, everyone just shows up on a Tuesday night mm-hmm. with the lights outside and they all are just talking and yelling at each other and helping make the tamales and the, right. I mean, it's this whole thing mm-hmm. and I love it. Yes. It I makes it. me feel this warmth that I really wish. That's what keeps me going as a mother mm-hmm. to continue the Sunday dinners and even the dinners in general and these traditions. Yes. So I started that. That brought me down to a rabbit hole because I was trying to figure out the Matthew Perry movie that I that I think that that was coming I from. God about that movie. I love that movie. I know it's a great movie. When it, he comes home to the condo being painted by her totally. and her mother, it was so <laughs> it's amazing. Good. Yeah, it's so crazy. So anyway, I looked it up and. Just by the way, there is a, it's called Bucketless Journey. And this Bucketless Journey is the Bucketless Food Movies, the 55 food movies. They have the top 55 food movies. Hollywood loves food too. Okay. Julia and Julia. Oh, that was such a great movie. I haven't even seen it. Oh, it's fun. It's the films you need to watch. I'm just going to name a few because it's going to spark your, you know, Mm -hmm. little bit of, uh, and I'm only going to say the ones, I mean, there's one called Butter. Well, of course I'm going to like that one. I don't even know what it's about. There was, I don't mean to put you on the spot. There was a movie with um, Bradley Cooper where he's a chef. Oh. Do you know no, that movie? I don't know. Okay, you continue. Oh, yes. I think I do knew, know that movie. Yes. He was kind of a mess. 
the movie with Bradley Cooper. Sorry, it took me a second. Is called Burnt. Oh, I. It, it, this is that's is that one, one of the of movies them? on okay. here. It's yeah. called Burnt. Yes, yeah. Water Like Chocolate. Mm-hmm. No, Water for Chocolate. I think that won an Academy Award. Water for Chocolate. I think it did too. In nineteen ninety two, my big fat Greek wedding. Oh, that is so awesome. I just watched that on a plane. Isn't that? I mean, that's like classic and fun and. Mm-hmm. That is that Greek tradition of everyone's just going to come over. Mm-hmm. Um, no Reservations. That was starring Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a romantic, I think, comedy. Um, Ratatouille. Let's not forget oh, Ratatouille, the cutest Such little, a cute cartoon. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's one called The Sausage Party that I... <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Is Seth Rogen in that? It's... No, it's an animated movie oh. made for adults. So no, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to see that because I'm not sure what we're talking about. I actually kind of remember that, um, seeing some previews for that, and it looks so ridiculous. Okay. But anyway, um, Sideways, which was it was oh. a, a, a movie about wine. It was really. in wine country, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was... That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Soul Kitchen. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. But it just kind of got me thinking that mm-hmm. all of these things are a value tradition for so many cultures. Yeah. Including it's, ours. It's across the board. It's across the board. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a good cook. I think that's mm-hmm. also something that I, because I'm not a great cook. I, I can make meal. That's a lie. It's not true. That is true. I can make basic stuff. I'm not... I'm not interested in really, like I said before, if it has like more than six ingredients, I go to the next page because I'm like, okay, there's got to be one that's taking some shortcuts here. I can't. <laughs> it's too much. The oh. ADHD makes it hard for me to follow instructions. Listen, so I, I just it. go crazy. Mm-hmm. But I also started thinking about all of, I mean, this just sparked my whole thought process, which was, can you think about traditions that happen on a regular basis culturally that revolve around food? Traditions that happen culturally that revolve around food. We have some in our own culture. Are you talking like Christmas Eve? Yeah. That kind of thing? I'm talking about that like at Christmas time, my family, not me, but other people in my family like to make jam, right? And they, strawberry jam or cranberry jam, and they give it out. Yeah. Apple butter. They also Mm. like to do that. Yummy. Um, We have a lot of people who work with us Mm -hmm. who are Hispanic. Tamales, tamales are made every Christmas, Christmas and they are so good They're so good and they and this tradition is it's an all-day d- event mm-hmm. like they all come together mm-hmm. and part of the making and the consuming both of those things go hand in hand every family has their own way of doing tamales I know. Yes, and it's fascinating because we've gotten tamales from a bunch of different people and sources and different times, and sometimes there's a black olive in one. Right. Sometimes. Raisins. Yes, there's raisins. What is going on? I think that's so great that you have the basic recipe, but then you just tweak it for your own family. It's a tradition. Mm -hmm. They knew how to make certain things. My grandma made something called lefsa. Where is grandma from? She's from Germany. Lefsa. Okay, what is lefsa? She's from Germany. It's it is a potato dish. So if they of had course. extra potatoes, mm. they would make them into like a pancake. Oh, and I can taste them. I've tried to make them. It's not hard, but she passed it down to us, but didn't really teach us how to do it. Mm. She'd always downplay like, "Oh, it's I don't even have a recipe. I just I just remember sitting there watching her make this lefsa." And it was delicious. And then what? Stovetop like, fry it? Yes. It's it's just stovetop brown it. Brown it on it's either side. It's like a tortilla, but it's made out of potatoes. Oh, because it's the leftover potato. So it's already cooked. Lefsa. And I don't, 
again, it's a German dish. My grandmother mm. also brought with her, and I don't know if this came from a different country, but she used to make it all the time, and she taught me how to do it, and it's one of my family's favorites. What is it? It's called porcupine meatballs. I've had your porcupine meatballs, and you are not lying. I'm not meaning it's to It's pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome, and they're, they're comfort food. Well, th- you have to tell the audience what they are cooked in. Well, they're cooked in a pressure cooker. <laughs> yes. You- so I went to go look because I don't have a recipe. My grandmother never gave me a recipe. She just said, this is what you add. Okay. And then you go online and you can find porcupine meatballs. Mm-hmm. I think she got the recipe, honestly, from the pressure cooker brochure. The little cookbook that comes yeah. with it? Yeah, I think she did. And I've looked that up and, and it varies. Yeah. And for me, when I make it, I can't just make enough like what they show will serve for people because usually we have 12 or 15 people right. here. So it's been a tricky thing to get a pressure cooker large enough. Yeah, so you own that pressure cooker? I have one and my mother has one and I have to borrow them if I'm making a big meal because people will eat four to seven Easily. You meatballs. pop those things in and your mouth. And these meatballs, I make them fairly large, mm-hmm. but they're just delicious. And there's nothing fancy about it. Mm-hmm. It literally is tomato soup. Mm. Oh. That's the base. Okay. You take condensed... Tomato, tomato Campbell's soup. soup. Yeah. You add water with it. Okay. There's, I don't even have a recipe, but it's tomato soup, ground beef, and you want some with a little fat. So yeah. you, you want some. Right. Um, and rice. I'm trying to think. I don't think I put onions in it, but you could. But it's rice. And you make them into balls. You put them in the pressure cooker. And when they're done cooking, they come out with the rice sticking out of them. And that's what is <laughs> makes them the porcupine. So the rice has already been cooked. Nope. You could put it in raw. You put it in raw, Uncooked rice. Uncooked rice. And it cooks inside the pressure cooker along with the meat. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that that's how you did. I thought the rice was already cooked. No. It oh. would be mushy by that time. It would be, but it, it, I'm so busy filling my face with yeah. the porcupines that I, I didn't even delicious. think about it. Oh, they're and, so good. And the beauty is if you're not afraid of the pressure cooker... <laughs> My Which, grandma used to use the old school kind, right? Like the kind that was just like on the pot. I have an electric one and it's not on the... The biggest challenge is when I'm cooking that much, it's hard to know how long to cook it because yeah. you, you don't want them undercooked. No. And overcooked makes them hard. And I usually overcook mm. them a bit. Mm. But everyone's okay with it because it's still got the good flavor and it's still fairly juicy and with the sauce, mm-hmm. you take that and I boil potatoes. Okay. Like peel potatoes, just russet potatoes. Right. I boil them. And I like russets because they are a little bit starchy yeah. and they hold together a little bit better. They do. You cut them into quarters mm-hmm. and you boil them mm-hmm. and you bring them out and you let everyone help, help themselves to a potato or two or four or five. They mash them down there and then you pour the sauce and the meatballs over your potatoes oh that is comfort food it's comfort food and it's so simple it's not hard and really people ask for that for on their birthdays or they'll say mom would you make the porcupine meatballs yeah so and so's coming over oh they yes. love it yes now the when you're putting the tomato soup in mm-hmm. with some water mm-hmm. is there lowry seasoning salt is there anything I salt and pepper and i usually put a little garlic salt on the in the, meat. in the meat. Okay. In the meat. So then that sauce just keeps the keeps it moist and it takes on the flavor That's right. of the meatball. That's right. Okay. It's really good. So good. That is one of those traditions that the family asks for. Mm-hmm. And 
we also I love it because it's from my grandmother. Yeah. And everyone's like, I don't know how to make them. And I'm like, oh, it's really hard. Uh, yeah. But the but other, it's not. It's not. And not the other all. thing that my grandmother had that it just reminded me of this is she had a stool. Mm. And when my grand, my, my grandmother passed away, um, I got the stool. Oh. I used to sit with her while she made cookies oh. and lefsa and porcupine meatballs on this red stool. And we'll take a picture of the red stool. It's a Costco red stool. Oh, but Not no. the Costco we think of. Oh. It was like back in the day Costco. Is, mm-hmm. This is from the 50s, this stool. C-O-S-C-O, mm-hmm. Costco. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it's from. Mm-hmm. I ended up buying my sister one, a modern day version, mm-hmm. and it's not made as well, right? Of it's kind of whatever. But it's just that I look at it and I think of my grandma and I remember all the times that we spent together in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it it is so meaningful and so important Yeah, that like I use that red stool with my grandkids yep even if i'm making play-doh just because it's like let's do this yeah it's the red stool it's, it's in your pantry right that's the stool mm-hmm. it's so cute it's so beautiful and it's vintage totally i mean it's gorgeous you can... and it, if there was a fire i'm grabbing that like of all yeah. the things i'm mm-hmm. grabbing that that is that important to me because it's not about how much it costs or anything Mm-mm. it's just the sheer fact of what it represents mm-hmm. you sitting there while grandma cooks yeah. And helping or doing whatever you're doing. Yep. So sweet. I know. I, I love, it. love it. What about you? Um, well, I mean, there's lots of traditions. I'm going to start with a modern day one, though, that has become a tradition. Our friend Mindy Smith. Oh, yes. The recipe that we're talking about is just called Mindy's Overnight French Toast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who named it that. Don't care. I think it was Mindy. I, I, that's what I would assume. <laughs> I would name it after myself as well if I Anne's had a Mindy's Overnight French Toast. Let's just call it that. My family already knows it as Mindy's. Oh. <laughs> so it's staying Mindy's. So it's just, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's an overnight French toast. And you use uh, French bread. And then it's got, of course, yummy things in it like egg and brown sugar and, you know, corn Lots syrup. of corn syrup. And yeah. I always put more corn syrup than that recipe calls for. I do too. I kind of. I make it so that it's really thick on the bottom. I goose it. Me too. Absolutely. And then, you know, you mix it all together in layers and then you just stick it in your refrigerator and then take it out in the morning it doesn't it takes less than an hour to to make it but i'm telling you it is the best overnight french toast i've ever had my family requests it yep. when i get together with uh my brothers and their kids they're like are you having this in the, <laughs> the morning toast. is this what we're having you know so i always have to make it which i don't mind at all because it's so easy i just know that she has again traditional family recipes Mm -hmm. that she has shared with others that's the other thing can i tell you everyone has at least one friend who refuses to share their recipes i don't know what that is i know it's annoying i don't i don't understand it i i have a friend who refuses to share recipes she's a terrific cook a great baker there's a difference between a cook and a baker I'm not a baker. Baking is, you got to be real careful. Yeah, because it's like chemistry. You get too much soda, you get not enough egg, you're going to have, you're not going to have a good cook, you know. That's me. A good sponge. It literally stresses me out to bake. Then you shouldn't do that. No. But this friend that I have is the most amazing baker and is prolific, just bakes all the time. And you ask her for a recipe and she'll either flat out tell you no Mm. Oh, I don't share my recipes. Or the one that really put me over the edge is she did share a recipe with me, but she left out an ingredient. So you would fail. It didn't taste the same. And I asked her about it 
That's weird. And right? I think that's weird. I'm sorry. That's I, weird. I would share anything with you. I, thank you. Me I mean, too. That's the kind of friend I am. You're the best. I'm just saying. I though and I would not sabotage you. That sabotage? What are you doing sabotaging my cooking? Just flat out tell me you're not going to share it because then I go through the trouble of actually making something and it doesn't turn out. Now I'm mad. Now sure. I'm angry. Now I look like an idiot too. I, and that I can't cook and you know whatnot. <laughs> but yeah, I will share any and all recipes with anyone if I need to come over and show you how to cook it. I will do that. That because that is that's part of a cultural thing is sharing food recipes and now you can make it for your family. I've been doing a lot of cooking through COVID. I didn't go into the whole let's make sourdough situation. Yeah, me either. My friend Rhonda Riley uh, gave me a tutorial. She's also good at everything. And she shares recipes. Well, of course she does because <laughs> she's a nice person. <laughs> uh, she actually said, you have to come over to my house. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, I'm going to show you how to make sourdough bread. This is it. It's happening. I get over there. She had... All of the pans and the things and the this is and the that's in double. She gave me what I needed to go home and make my own sourdough bread. I've tried it a couple times. It's very difficult. Everyone says it's easy, but I don't think it's easy. I find it difficult. I have issues with yeast. I, I hate yeast. Yeast is not my friend. No one should ever think it's their friend. Well, it's, it's you it's know what? Har- it's hard to cook with and it's hard to deal with if you're a woman. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just across the board. I discovered, though, something that, okay, has kind of been a game changer for me. Because yeast is a problem for me, because I can't make my bread rise, and I want to make rolls. You make rolls. Well, let me tell you my secret to making rolls. I bought a Bosch mixer. That makes a difference? It makes a difference. Why? I don't know. But um, not even a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, up in Northern California, I didn't even know her, and she so kindly was like, hey, I'm making rolls for Thanksgiving. I was up there one Thanksgiving, and my sister-in-law, Jen, and I went over there. She was kind of Jennifer's friend. And this woman took an afternoon oh. and taught us, her name is Angie, and she taught us her uh, how to make rolls. And she's like, you cannot fail if you make this recipe in this mixer. And she had a Bosch mixer. People. If you're passionate about trying to make bread and you it's not working for you, go buy the mixer. Buy a Bosch mixer. Isn't that expensive? It is, but you know what? Now I've learned that um, it works for cookies. I make these totally awesome chocolate chip oatmeal cookies in that Bosch mixer. I, they I cannot ruin them. It's interesting, and it, I think it's because the uh, paddle comes is on the bottom of the bowl instead of a KitchenAid where it comes oh. from the top. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I'm not a scientist. Oh, or mechanic. Or a botanist. <laughs> or a doctor. <laughs> None of those things. I'm a podcaster, people. But you are making bread. So that's pretty Oh, cool. I am making bread. Thank you, Rhonda Riley. That's really, really awesome. And Rhonda did offer to like teach me too. But then I decided, nah, I'd just rather eat it. Somebody else can make it. Rhonda, make us bread and we'll just eat it, okay? Not right now. No. Just make it for me. Yeah. So... When you're when you're bringing all that stuff up, you were bringing up the overnight French toast. Yeah, that is one of the things that I was going to say. Is oh, our, is that one of yours? It, it is one of ours okay. because at Christmas time I do that. But it brings me back to the Syncock kitchen, kitchen. I can't say it three times fast. Syncock kitchen keepsakes, and it's something that I treasure. This is a a homemade people recipe don't know book. who are the Syncocks. The Syncocks are friends of our family. Mm-hmm. They're in church with us. Yep. I've known them for the last 20-something years. Mm-hmm. 
And Joan Sincock, the matriarch of the group. <laughs> Joni. Joni is one of the most talented people she ever. Mm-hmm. That's somebody who can do anything. She's like a Rhonda Riley. Yeah. She'll whip up stuff on her on her computer. She'll whip up stuff. She'll crochet you know, she's, stuff. She's making keychains now. Did you I see know. that? She's got her she, own business. She does all kinds of things. She's, she'll make a pillowcase. She'll make anything. Mm-hmm. She, she's one of those grandmas that could do it all. Right. And when I first became friends with the family, um, and Nadine was, I don't know what year this took place, but Joni decided to make a cookbook. And now, she took- are, are these her recipes? Hers and all the family members. Okay, so anybody- So when you mm-hmm. go and you open it up, you might see Matt's famous pancakes, oh, buttermilk pancakes. Sure. So so what she did was she took the traditions of all of her family members, the married, the marrieds coming in, her in-laws, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, and took their tradition, her mother's, her sister's, and anybody could give her the recipes that they had, and she put them in a book. Mm-mm. There's hundreds of recipes in this it's book. A, I'm looking at this thing, and it's it's substantial. I, I, it's worn out because I use it a lot. <laughs> she's got everything from breakfast foods to beverages. Like she's got it from to from start to finish. Yeah. Anything that you could do, and some of it's old time recipes. Yeah, you know, it's it's the traditional. She has a lot of overnight. You can cook these oh. pans. Like there's an egg souffle. That's the other thing that's in there. So mm-hmm. at, at breakfast, we have a tradition on Christmas morning. I used to have a brunch where neighbors would come over because our kids were little. Mm-hmm. Everyone's opening presents. Now you're tired and you're hungry. Mm-hmm. We used to have a tradition. Come on over to the Cooper's house. We would set up a big table underneath the patio. Mm-hmm. 20 or 30 chairs under there, tablecloths and paper plates. And I made a lot of food <laughs> and people would just come. I'd make, my sister and I would stay up the night before, which was Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And we would make egg souffle and overnight French toast, mm-hmm. all from Joni's recipes. Mm-hmm. My sister was so enthralled with it. She begged for a copy of that. And Joan gave her one. Of the cookbook? Of the cookbook. Really? Yes. That's an option? Not now. But I was going to say back okay. in the day, and this was even long time after she had made them. Mm-hmm. She managed to find a way of making it for her. The time and effort that Joan put into that cookbook. Yeah, I have to say I treasure it because number one, she did it, and I love her. Mm-hmm. I love their family. Yeah, but it also literally the recipes are freaking good. I can't stop looking at that cookbook. I know. You know it's a good cookbook when it looks like it's been beat to heck. And I have like little notes. There's little tabs (laughs) hanging out, little colorful tabs. Like, this is my favorite. There's something to be said Mm -hmm. for this tradition of feeding your family Mm -hmm. or your friends Uh and and, and breaking bread together. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about relationships. And when we were talking to John Cunningham, and we were talking about the family of origin, Mm -hmm. we were talking a lot about some of the bad things that can be part of your family of origin because they're can be some sticky situations right always to say the least mm-hmm. this is somewhat of a i feel like this is a neutralizer what food food yeah sitting around having food be a party at the at the gathering like food is takes takes the place of Absolutely. something yeah i yeah. mean you don't want uncle bob to come to the you don't want to deal with uncle bob but if you remember that you know denise is making her porcupine meatballs you might decide yeah I'll just ignore Uncle Bob because I'm still going for the meatballs, right? right? Like I do that with other people. Like I'm going to go over there because I know the food is going to be freaking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We have a lot of friends and a business associates who are Jewish. Oh, yeah. And I'm telling you, yep. the, oh, the, the food I have had at 
different Jewish holidays, uh, a bat mitzvah, a bar mitzvah, a, a funeral. I mean, they spare no expense on that food, and it it's is good. delicious. It's Brisket. So, oh, just the just the line for the bagels. Listen, let's give me some challah and a brisket, and I'm all about it. It's, I I love that tradition though of um, having a, a, a Jewish holiday, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's surrounded by food. It is. It's centered on food. It is, and and you know again, religion mm-hmm. has a lot of food based. Mm-hmm. Breaking bread is it's it's biblical. Exactly. Um, let's talk about Christmas for a second mm-hmm. Christmas Eve this was our one family tradition I remember it well uh going over to grandma's house or great aunt's house or somebody and they would have this huge Italian spread and because Italians were notoriously Roman Catholic uh you didn't eat meat mm. before yes. Christmas so um they would have no meat like not chicken beef fish nothing fish yes oh fish but no meat meat no pork no beef why is that I don't know. Okay. I should probably know that. That's not great of me not to know that. But I don't. I don't know. You're not Roman Catholic. Well, so. it's also not as much a tradition anymore. I, I was going to say I don't know anybody. I don't know any Catholics that are going for that except for at Lent. Well, the Friday before uh, Lent, right? I should stop talking. L- Lent is during now. Lent is now. Yeah. You give something <laughs> up for Lent, but there's something about the Friday before something that you don't eat meat. I only know this because I had a friend in high school who was very, very Catholic. <laughs> I just know I was in that drive through <laughs> at McDonald's on Fridays getting a filet of fish with my friend who was Catholic. Oh, because she could have the filet of fish. Because she could have fish. Oh, my God. So anyway, we would have, we, so one of the components of this great Christmas Eve dinner was a thing called anchovy pasta. And it doesn't sound terrific. No, right now I was like, whoa, <laughs> it took a turn. It's, listen, it's like an acquired taste, but it's actually really good. There's not a ton of anchovy in it. So unfortunately the name, you know, takes precedence but there's just a can of anchovy and then breadcrumbs basil garlic and olive oil and you you stove top that heat it through so the sardines are whole yeah but you break them up mm-hmm. they break up uh when they get hot anchovies are not the same as sardines they're a little more delicate and they don't have the the bone they don't have the bone oh. no you get the boneless you can yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so anyway that's just a that's just one tradition You'll have to make that for me it's really good and it's you put really it with good. pasta yeah, you put it over an angel hair pasta mm. and or a capellini, and um, it's. I think it's delicious. My family loves it. Um, my husband and my son don't love it, but they don't want me to stop making it because it's, it's not about the food. It's not about the food. I make other stuff too. Right. I make a regular, but now we've just kind of taken that on that on Christmas Eve we don't eat meat. That's interesting. We have prime rib on Christmas Day. That's our dinner on Christmas Day, but um, we 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 do fish only on christmas eve so we have jumbo shrimp mm. i make three different kinds of pasta we have a big loaf of french bread that's all crusty we'll have to come over when christmas eve please do this is your invitation Ooh, that sounds so good because i'm really hungry you just want carbs right you're using me <laughs> for carbs i'm literally sitting here with my mouth open ah drooling on myself sad it's a sad day uh, a tradition that we have um when we used to when the kids were younger and we had church either before or after church. Sometimes church would be 9 a.m. Sometimes it would be 1 o'clock. Yeah. So if it was 1 o'clock, we'd do a brunch before mm-hmm. church. And if it was 9 o'clock, we'd come home and I'd make brunch afterwards. Right. But I would make something called a Dutch baby. 
Oh, I have that recipe right here. You do? Yes. Oh, we have the same thing. It seems really complicated, but it's not at all. It's not at all. No. It's really beautiful. It's a super easy egg and flour and milk mm-hmm. thing. It does take a little bit of, it depends on the altitude. I know that because I've made it in different places. Um, it's a, It almost becomes, it, you bake it in a pie pan or really traditionally would be a cast iron skillet yes that goes in the oven that goes in the oven Mm -hmm. so you put it in there and it comes up and it becomes this big puffed up like it kind of almost looks like a what's that uh yorkshire pudding okay it almost looks like that kind Mm of kind of it's kind of fluffy yeah a lot of times my stuff comes out a little denser than i need it to be and i think it has something to do with the age of the baking soda i put in I'm not sure. It has a lot to do with the kind of milk you use. Oh, Whole milk makes a huge difference. You want to or you don't want to use you whole milk? You do want to. But okay. a lot of times I would make it because I had skim milk in the house because that's what we were drinking. Right. And I would just use it. And I think no matter what, if it's dense, mm-hmm. people still love it. Oh, because this, it's the taste. You and, can't go wrong. And what you, the beautiful part of it is you can put different toppings on it. And mm-hmm. my family's tradition, they love the the traditional just maple syrup with a little bit of powdered sugar. Powdered sugar yeah. But what I like to do is make a powdered sugar and lemon mixture. Yes. And then you drizzle that over that. Oh, my God. And you squirt a little bit of lemon on top of that and put a little bit more powdered sugar on it. And it is That's so good. Killer. It is so good. And that's comfort food because I was asking my kids today, what kind of what is the food that you know like i was afraid they were like uh <laughs> but they didn't they immediately and and the two of the three that i talked to both said dutch babies really yeah oh so i knew that that was and porcupine meatballs was another one so everything i'm using here today is based on what my kids are saying oh that's good they're the experts on it they would know so my last my last recipe that i'm going to share in it's a tradition has been for a long time and we will post links yep. to all of these recipes Yep. on our Facebook and our Instagram if you would like them we share you, our if, recipes yeah and if you if you de- if you message us on Instagram or Facebook we'll have Jacqueline send it over to you sure no problem yeah um so my grandmother on my mom's side uh she her name was Myrtle oh uh, Myrtle my grandma's name was Esther those are such great I names know. they just have gone by the wayside I, know. I well, love my, it my niece's middle name is Esther so it's is really it? special yeah Sloan oh. Esther. Sloan Esther. That's her middle name? Mm-hmm. That's such a cute name. Mm-hmm. Esther's such a great name. That's I was so happy when my niece named her daughter Eleanor because it's a throwback. Oh, yeah. And it's just, but it's so adorable and cute. You know, it's such a great name. Um, So Myrtle used to make candied walnuts. And... You make candied walnuts. Well, that it's her recipe. So as Myrtle got older, that was the thing that she would make at Christmas and she'd give you like a bag of her candied walnuts. There wasn't a ton. There was like a handful, which was never enough because they were just delicious. As she got older, one Christmas, I just received the recipe and a bag of store-bought walnuts. <laughs> like make your own now. She's like, I'm done. Now it's time for you to just to do it yourself. I'm over it. She passed the torch. She <laughs> she really did. She was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Here's the recipe. That was pretty subtle, but uh, I like it. She, <laughs> I like it. She was the queen of subtle. <laughs> so we all got the recipe. So then, kind of about that same time, we bought a walnut ranch. How weird. In Northern California, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, and now we've got plenty of walnuts. So now, at Christmas time, uh, all my... My, both my siblings and 
um, you know, other members of the family, Warren's side of the family as well, we send them walnuts from the ranch and right. it's a box. With the recipe. Well, no, I don't. I mean, only my family has the recipe, but then we make the candied walnuts and we give that away as How long well. is it? Time intensive? No, but it's because they're candied, it, it pops off. And so you have only a, you have a window of time in order to make it right. right. And so if you overcook it, not, not good. There's no undercooking it. It's just going to be runny forever. So yeah, there is a little bit of a, it's a little stressful to make them, especially in the quantity that we make them. Because right. we're making big pots of it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's cleaning the kitchen's a nightmare afterwards because it's very kind of molasses-y right. and sticky. Oh, is that what you use, molasses? <laughs> no, you don't use molasses. Brown which sugar. would probably be easier. Brown sugar and corn syrup. Yep. And um, just stir like crazy over that hot, hot, hot stove until it c- gets to a boiling point. Your nuts are good. Thanks. They are good. They're kind of cinnamony. Yeah, they're there's ca- cinnamon in there too. I yeah. was going to say. So that's Myrtle's, uh, that's Myrtle's candied walnuts. And I, she would, uh, she has no idea how far that recipe has gone. That's. That, I mean, we're still making them. Again, I think because back in the day, making food was the only option. Yeah. You don't, there was no place to go in no. Montana where my grandmother lived. Mm-mm. She was making food. That's what she did. Mm-hmm. She started making the food in the morning yes. before the farm and yeah. for the farm workers. And then lunch was being made as soon as the, that was cleaned up. Yep. And then dinner was being made and it was big comfort food feeding a lot of people. And that was what she did. And yeah. she took that to her home and she did it. There's a couple other recipes that are super simple. My grandmother used to fry up these little ham. They're not, it was hamburger. Mm -hmm. And all you do is you do, I believe you mix it up with some egg, um, some Italian seasoned um, breadcrumbs. Okay. Yes. Progresso is the best brand. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And some onions. Okay. And you make them into small little meat patties. Bigger than, like, I would say like, an inch and a half in diameter. Okay. You kind of flatten it out mm-hmm. and you fry it up. Okay. You actually put um, you actually put them in um, flour oh. and then you fry them up in vegetable oil. What? Oh, of course, in vegetable oil. I Grandma. I used Crisco back in the day. 100%. It was lard. Yeah. Mm. It was, but there's something, it smells so good. My sister for her birthday always wants it. And then you take the meat droppings yeah. and the oil. Mm-hmm. You add some more, you add a little bit of milk. What? Yeah. Then you add a little bit of either um, flour or start cornstarch. <gasps> and you thicken up a nice white gravy with the meat <gasps> flavoring. And you pour that over rice or potatoes. Or a biscuit. Or a biscuit. And I'm telling you right now, it is comfort food at the basic level that is so good. My grandmother would never admit she was a good cook. Oh, that's maybe where I get it, but it's it's kind of true because she just looked at the food that she was making as kind of <clears throat> basic. She's not a gourmet cook. Mm. She was a she was a comfort food cook. She was cooking with what she had at the time, mm-hmm. which wasn't a lot. That's right. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot of resources. They were out on the farm. They made do with what they had. And I think in this day and age, with everybody running a million miles an hour, mm-hmm. us instant gratification, DoorDash, drive through. All of these things, Mm -hmm. if we can bring them back as men and women that are going to pass these traditions down, this is the things in society that I feel like make us 
they make us the same, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. This is the coming together. Right. This is what is uniting us mm-hmm. as human beings is food. Everyone can relate to food. Everyone can relate to food. Mm-hmm. Crockpot. If you don't have a crockpot. What have you even been doing with your life? I, I couldn't live without my crock pot. I have the funniest story. So I've <laughs> told you a little bit about Dr. Tim and Dr. Tim's going to be on the show. Yes. Dr. Tim is my guy that's working me out and he's a physical therapist and he's a chiropractor. He's all of these things, but he's a guy and he's kind of a guy's guy and he is literally a single guy. Okay. And he just works yeah. and he plays. So, mm-hmm. and he goes out for food and yeah. he eats only certain things, but he was, I was just working out like two days ago and he goes, oh my gosh, mm. you can't believe it. I got this thing called a crock pot. <laughs> and he said it just like that. He said, I got this thing called a crock pot. And I turned my head and I thought he was joking. Because sure. that sounded so ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And his coworker, Alex, who is another chiropractor and a young girl, she goes, Tim, what do you mean you got a crock pot? And he said, there's this thing called a crock pot and it slow cooks he your meat. He was not saying it like that. Yes, he was. A thing called a crock pot? It no. slow cooks your meat. And I'm like, where have you been? Dr. Tim. He had no idea. Okay. I said, you're going to be, your mind's going to be blown when you find out there's something called an Instapot. Oh, please. That's and a pressure cooker. No. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't cook. Right. And, but he just discovered it. And I'm like, listen, that's like the secret to everything in my life. What's, he, this what, crock pot. what's he putting in that crock pot? What's he going to put in there? Does I he know what meat. to cook? Some kind of meat. Okay. I think he's slow cooking meat for his dog or something. I don't even know because he's got a dog. I don't know, but it was just so funny. But for a working guy, that is the answer to all the problems. You stick it in in the morning. For anybody, and, this is the yeah. answer. When you get home, you've got a delicious meal waiting for you. You go buy a chuck roast at Costco or yep. anywhere. Mm-hmm. You put that thing in the crock pot. And my secret sauce to that is adding soda. Coke or Dr. Pepper? Oh, you Fully mean blown. actual yes. soda pop? Soda pop. So like a can? Yes, a can. Of... Depends on how much. But yeah, 16 ounces. About 16 ounces you're going to want to put in there. It has got the acid and the sugar. Yeah, okay, I was just going to say, you don't do diet. No. It's got to be, it's got to have that sugar you in want there. The, That's you what want breaks it down. full-leaded, yes. Mm-hmm. The okay. full thing. Okay. And I do that with other meats as well, like pulled pork. I'm just saying that the crock pot can do you no wrong. Oh, please. It's hard to mess up stuff you put in the crock pot. Absolutely. It's really kind of foolproof. It's delicious. It is delicious. Oh, now I want to go try Dr. Pepper in my boneless chuck. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it's it's so easy and good. I've never known that. And I have Dr. Pepper all over the house. That's Can't... why you saw the liter bottle in my refrigerator. Is that what that's from? Yep. Oh, I thought I was going to have to have some kind of intervention. No. I have never seen a liter bottle of, of Dr. Dr. Pepper in your refrigerator. I, I was afraid. No. Yeah, no, I that's wasn't, what it's for. I wasn't on the wagon going on like crazy. <laughs> I wasn't crazy town. One more thing that I would just say, and yeah. this kind of goes back to your Myrtle's nuts. Yes, Myrtle's nuts. Myrtle's nuts. Mm-hmm. My father makes the best caramel corn on the planet. Okay, what's the secret to that? Because mine always comes out mushy. What? Yeah, I no? I guess I must have too much of the liquid that I'm pouring on the corn. Maybe. I have a lot of liquid, but it's not liquid. It is thick. Okay. It's and syrupy. It, it's Yours really, syrupy. you use, you use Kara syrup. Okay. You use the, um, like a light syrup. Okay. And you use light brown sugar. hmm And you use butter. Yeah. Well, sure. Don't use margarine. It's got to be butter. The butter makes it not as ch- crunchy. Like it'll get harder with the margarine. And there's just okay. don't use margarine. Don't use margarine. Yeah, yeah. It, people do, but I'm mm-hmm. telling you for this, use the butter, mm-hmm. salted butter, salted. 
you use that and it is i'm telling you i'm i've made it for people's birthdays and put them oh, in yes. big like bowls i've had it i know it's, it's you, i will i will be like i'm gonna be sick but i can't stop eating it and then you leave it in that bowl cover it the next day you eat it for breakfast <laughs> because it is so freaking good it is so good. I wish you could have seen the look on her face just now. It there was, was ecstasy, and I, I'm oh. embarrassed to talk about food like it is a passion. It is a passion, and it should be a passion. But it somewhat is, and I am really hungry right now, so it doesn't help the matter. No, but... I'm just saying, so for, for me, mm-hmm. my takeaway on this one is, yep. the tag for this one is, food as a tradition can start now. Mm-hmm. Like right now start it i don't know what it is for you everyone has something different and you don't have to be a great cook to do this you absolutely it's don't. just the effort mm-hmm. and it's bringing people together even weird your weird uncle bob poor uncle bob bob is kind of annoying but and he's trouble but you got the porcupine meatballs you might have some you know good caramel corn for dessert yeah. and there's a there's a bag of candied walnuts when you leave i mean so saying, you're gonna put up with uncle bob you're gonna put up with uncle bob and you're gonna start a family tradition and i'm telling you it it might be it'll probably outlast you which is what you hope you well, hope it's a legacy it already has outlasted the people who brought us the recipes in the first place absolutely so that's the beauty of it and i think our grandparents would be thrilled to know that we're still using those recipes we're connected still. yeah still connected and food connects everybody absolutely so here's what i'm going to do for christmas i'm going to put together a family cookbook okay I, you might want to talk to joan <laughs> And I'm just going to tell you, it's hundreds of hours. I don't think I can do it at Joan level, but I can do it at Anne level. I'm telling you. It's down here. Let, let me just tell you this. <laughs> Whatever she did, because this was a long time ago, I bet you they have, she oh, did a, it on the program. computer and there's a program. She mm-hmm. used a, com- a program anyway, mm-hmm. but there's probably something that's even easier. I like stuff on digitally anyway. I like a hard bound cookbook. I do too, but mm-hmm. I can I can definitely look it up and use it on my phone. I use it on my phone, but that's going to be my takeaway gift. If you have a collection of recipes that are floating in that one drawer, you yes. know what drawer I'm talking about. Oh yeah, or they're in a they're in some kind of cookbook. They're just stuck in the cookbook and they're you hanging have to go out through everywhere. it every time trying to find that one recipe. Yeah, get on the computer. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call my brothers for their recipes because yep. they're terrific cooks, and I'm gonna we're going to collect them, and that's going to be my Christmas gift this year because it's I I love food so much I love cooking food I love going out to eat Mm -hmm. I love everything about about it and I can't imagine a greater gift I keep looking at that cookbook I can't imagine a greater gift than giving a cookbook with all your favorite recipes in it that are like family tradition not just some dopey jello with carrots in it recipe but like a real recipe that that might be somebody's tradition I'm sorry if I insulted you but you know what I mean. Right. This is just, these are recipes that have been handed down, like we're talking about, that need to stay in the family and right. shared. Well, and you're talking about family traditions that I would, I would easily and want to take your recipes and yeah. add them to my groups yes. because, listen, it doesn't matter where it came from. It doesn't. It just matters where it starts. Right. And you can. I will give them to you. Okay. You. <laughs> Please don't leave out any ingredients because I want it to taste good. Just one. I'm just going to leave out one. Don't worry about it. It's fine. We are Two Average Girls. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bon appetit. Bon appetit.